I hope you'll forgive a personal note uh, before I get into the homily. Uh, it was the, the psalm this morning. Um, it, there was a point when I was in seminary and uh, I came home and I think it was for Christmas and I was going to say, I remember it was cold, but this is Michigan, right? It could have been July. Um, but I was sitting there and surrounded by um, nephews and nieces, and everybody was tiny, right? Uh, like my, a couple of my nephews are here, and they're both bigger than me now. Uh, but um, I remember a moment of sadness in my heart. And it was something I knew, of course, but that I wasn't going to have kids, that as a, a vowed celibate, there wouldn't be a Christmas with my kids. And I remember some sorrow about that. And the next morning, uh, the reading for the day, the first reading was God showing off. Yeah, uh, It was the passage where Jacob's boys get to Israel. And as he's dying, he then starts divvying his stuff up, right? And he says to each son, I'm giving you this and that and, and blah, blah, blah. And then at the end of the passage, the last line is when he gets to his son Levi, who was a priest. And it wrote, as for Levi, he neither asked for nor received anything. The Lord was enough for him. And I've never forgotten that. That was such a powerful moment and absolutely a personal moment I felt between me and God. And the psalm you guys sang today is the psalm that celebrates that. And so I'm so grateful uh, for you singing that and for that moment uh, because I love being a priest and God's nuts to let me do it. So, all right. Now, if I was smart, I'd stop. So today, Jesus talks about the end of the world, hey? And one of the first things we always ask is, when? But I think it's like times of pain, if I may, that I know for myself when pain strikes, when suffering comes out of nowhere, or heck, comes out of somewhere, that I often will ask, why? And I think that's a normal human response, and I hope you don't hear me down that. That when you and I experience pain or darkness, we say, why, Lord? Why did this happen? Why did this happen to me? I think as much as that's normal, we need to take the next step, I think, and recognize that why is a control question. It's us pretending we can exert control over the chaos of a broken world. And I think, for me at least, one of the things I recognized is sometimes when I ask that question, if God gave me an answer, like if God appeared to me and said, here's exactly why, I don't think it'd help. Pain is pain. I don't like pain. I'm not good at it. But instead of why, I do think God wants us to ask how. That when we encounter suffering, Again, why is normal, but we got to take that next step. How? How do you want me to bear this well, Jesus? With that, when Jesus talks about the end of the world, I'd love for us to put aside when. Doesn't matter. 
right? Look at Jesus' own words, okay? This is the Son of God, just so you know. I don't want to ruin the end, but turns out Jesus is the Son of God. Wait till you hear what happens right at the end. But as to that day or hour, no one knows. Neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father and American televangelists. It's right there. It's right there. How... <laughs> No, but how crazy is that? Do you get that this is the only time in Jesus' eternal existence where he gets to say, quote, I don't know. He doesn't know. You and I won't know. And knowing might not help. We don't want to ask God, when are you coming back? That's not our business. We want to ask, how do I live in anticipation of your return? So to answer that question, we're going to go to St. Augustine. For those of you who don't know, St. Augustine is a saint from northern Africa and is the most quoted person in our catechism. We quote him more than St. Paul. We quote him more than Jesus, right? This guy's fairly to partly cloudy important. One of the greatest thinkers, philosophers, lovers of Jesus this church has produced. And when he looked at the issue of how do we live in anticipation of Jesus coming, he gave us three things. And I would love to claim these, but I can't. This is from St. Augustine. First, he said, we should use the world, not become its slave. We should use the world, not become its slave. And what does he mean by that? Well, what he means by that is that for we have to ask ourselves a very important question, truly. Uh, what do I want? Right? I who am alive and who know at some point I'm going to die. There's no way around that. What do I want? Whoever has what you want is your master. You're a slave to it. And I know I've used this before, but when I lived in East Lansing, home of MSU, where Jesus went to school, thus priests all over the country wear green and white today. Um, you know, I lived with, uh, or what is he, Bishop Vinky, right? I lived with him, the poor man. Uh, but we shared this house, and I remember one night, I, I was teaching high school at the time, and uh, we were sitting eating dinner, and I said to him, it's kind of funny, I started giggling. I said, you know, about 200 and some 17-year-old boys and girls right now are reading Plato's Republic. Isn't that weird? Nobody reads that on purpose, right? But in a 17-year-old, a bunch of 17-year-olds are at home banging on Plato's Republic. And I knew they were. And you know how I knew they were? You're going to love this. Well, I told them to. <laughs> yeah? In class? You know, on Friday, I said, when y'all come in on Monday, we're talking about this. Might be a quiz. Who knows? I want you to read this chapter of Plato's Republic. They weren't going to read that Friday or Saturday, right? Sunday night. And why would they do what I said? I tell people to do stuff all the time, and they don't, yeah? So why are they going to do what I tell them to do? Well, I've got a bag of good grades. Yes? This is what they want. They want good grades. And I got a whole bag of good grades. And if you do what I say, I shall give them to you. 
Yeah? I don't think any of those 17-year-old kids were dying to read Plato. But they wanted the A. So I told them to read it. And I got the A, and so I gave it to them. You with me? What do you want? That's our question. If the world has what we want, oh, we will serve the world so well. We will do what the world says. We will neglect people we love so that we can make money to buy them things they don't need. We will burn ourselves out to collect more. And what have we gained? If the world has what we want, it has ultimate power over us. If Jesus has what we want, well then he'll set us free. He'll set us free. Who has what you want? That's our question. If the answer is Jesus, it doesn't matter when he comes back. Doesn't matter. If you're lucky, it'll be before the homily finishes, huh? Yeah. Number two, and I hate this one. St. Augustine says we have to ask ourselves, do I love my sins more than God? Darn it, yeah? Because of course we're like, oh no, I love you more, Lord. Ish, yeah? We like our sins. If we don't like our sins, they're not sins. I don't know what they are. Sin is always attractive. It's immediate. Sin always provides us with an immediate, quick answer. And so, of course, we like our sins. Can we ask Jesus to heal us of that? I try to pray this often. Jesus, heal me of my affection for my sin. Ugh. Yeah. It's only when we really let God stare us in the heart that we see, I'd rather not sin, but I do like it. And can we ask Jesus today, heal me of my affection for sin. So the first thing we do to get ready for Jesus coming is we make sure that only Jesus has what we want. The second thing we do is ask Jesus to heal us of our affection for sin. And then the third thing St. Augustine says, we show mercy. Jesus put it this way, and just as a side note, he'll be the guy doing the judging, yeah? And what did he say? Well, the measure with which you measure people, that's how I'll measure you. Ugh. The measure with which you measure people, that's how I'm going to measure you. It is, forgive me, it's in our best interest to be merciful. We should do it because it's right. But if nothing else, do it so judgment goes a little better. Show mercy. And he says, the most important people we can show mercy to, the poor, the vulnerable. That is the most important way. Because look again, in Matthew, when Jesus describes the judgment, when he describes that moment where we see him face to face, he doesn't ask us theological questions. He doesn't ask us, did you do the ritual perfectly? He asks us, when I was hungry, did you feed me? When I was naked, did you give me clothes? When I was in prison or in the hospital, did you come visit me? Those are the things Jesus said he's going to ask us at judgment. Um, so let's get after it. Let's show mercy to the poor. 
I think we have our little box of convenient answers, right? Well, if they would just work harder, yeah? And I pay my taxes, isn't that enough? Um, no and no. It's not enough. If it was enough, Jesus wouldn't talk about it as much as he did. Our job is to pour ourselves out in loving service. When we look at our essentials, right, the things we need to survive and even thrive, beyond that, we have a debt to the poor. And it's not our job to say, well, they'll waste the money. We'll waste the money. We just like our waste. Will we bleed for the poor? I love what we do over at Outreach. This is my 12th and this one and Mark's are my 12th and 13th parish. Yeah? I've never seen anything like what we do here. It blows me away. And I can't honor you enough. And I can't believe I get to be a part of it. In fact, when you're not around, I claim credit. Uh, and just so you know, yeah, it's all me. Just kidding. But of course, we can never be satisfied because there's more need. That while we are buying second and third things, there are people who don't have first things. St. Augustine is amazing. There's no question about it. And I, I can't ask us enough to read him, but today I read him for you. And he gives us three ways for us to be prepared for Jesus' second coming. This is our how, not when, and here's our how. We will use the world, not become its slave, by making sure Jesus has what we want, not the world. We will pray every day, Jesus, heal me of my affection for my sin. And we will show mercy to everyone we meet, especially the most poor and vulnerable. St. Francis of Assisi, the story goes, was working in his garden one day when a, new, uh, a young novice kind of ran up to him. Master Francis, he said to him, uh, what would you do if I told you that I knew for a fact Jesus was going to come back in an hour? What would you do? And Francis, it says, pointed at his garden and said, well, I'd finish hoeing this row. Because he had lived every day like Jesus was coming back that day. He was ready. He wasted no time on the control question of when. And he focused the entirety of his life on the how. May the Eucharist we receive today and may the word we have heard give us strength to do the same. Amen? Amen. Okay.